0: Welcome back, everybody. It is Encounter with God time. And during the news break, somewhere along the line, the studio he has got uh, interested <laughs> in tracing down their family trees. Liam is back to 1790 so far, and Minnie hasn't made I,
1: past I, her grandparents. I need more information. Yeah, I just know names. I don't know dates or, <laughs> or <birth laughs> so I'm like, But, oh, I mean, you've got to start it.
2: <laughs>
1: Sometimes we have like. Lots of conversation, but this one we were just like, hmm, so,
2: just
1: <laughs> information. <laughs>
2: uh,
0: tracing back family history is so much fun and so interesting, just to sort of see where we come from, and the fact is that we're all related. Uh, mm. I think all Europeans are related to Charlemagne at some particular point, and all Asians <laughs> No, maybe not all Asians. I think one in seven Asians are related to Genghis Khan. You know, it's, it gets very, very connected once you start. Mm-hmm. I think the thir- furthest you can be away is like a 33rd cousin. That's the most distant you can actually be.
1: Which is really not that far when we just think numbers. Yes. I mean, it can be big, like there <laughs> can be a lot of people, but that's, that's not that far, right?
0: It is, it is very confusing when you get some of these family trees and you go back to the BC period and they start marrying their brothers and sisters.
1: Mm-hmm. That,
0: that creates interesting family trees. Like, wait a minute, that one doesn't fork. Tree is supposed to fork. It does not fork right there. It connects back. To the, what is going on yeah. here? <laughs> it's like, oh yes, I forgot. <laughs>
2: yeah.
1: The other thing, is, this is a quick side note. Um, when I was in New Zealand last year, I was talking to this fella, and he was saying, Ella like, he has Maori background, and so he said, as the eldest son, he was required to learn all his genealogy
2: oh, from, nice. from the time of the
1: first walker. Oh, my days. He's just just his parents alone. His parent. Uh, his dad was one of sixteen kids. His mum was one of twenty four.
2: Oh my. Like I, and I was
1: just like <laughs> logistically just to remember all of this, and I was just like this is amazing because this was all oral, right? For yes. years and years and years, that was just oral traditions, and not everyone still has that. But there are a whole bunch of, I guess, as you're getting to the older generations of the Maori, like I was like, this is oh, this is phenomenal.
0: And so, how far back could he trace that?
1: All the way to the fir- what they considered to be the first walkers that came to New Zealand, from right?
0: So Hawaii the first, key or something? yeah. So the first immigrants yeah. to New Zealand, yeah. They don't go past that.
1: Nah, I don't Be- think they it's know. Sort of
0: going back into legendary yeah. periods. But
1: I still mad respect for because that's still a lot of names. That
0: is amazing. I know,
1: I know. I was like, oh, need to learn your ways. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> just don't know. Uh, yes,
0: very fun interesting. Times, fun times, and of course, you know, there's some significant genealogies in the Bible. Yes You know, people trace their genealogies, trace their history back And for Jesus, of course, that was important You've got two different genealogies of Jesus in the Bible You do One through Joseph's line, one through Mary's line Both of them going back to David And that's important because the Messiah was to come through the line of David And through the line of Abraham And there's some interesting characters that turn up in that line There is You know, you've got got Canaanites, you've got Midianites You've got um, yeah, so it 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 uh, it just creates for. Ah, it's just interesting.
1: It isn't. I didn't even know that there was the separate two family lines, and then someone. Oh yeah, some friend asked me once. They're like, "Oh, like who is which line?" And I was like, oh, "I didn't. I've never actually paid attention to that." Yes. it was a bit of a rebuke for me. I was like, "Oh, I got to find this out."
0: No, it was very cool because mm. when you when you realise what's going on, it's like wow. Mm. Because we all know that Jesus was a descendant of David Mm. and that he had to be to be the Messiah yes, because that was what was prophesied and so this is why it was recorded in the Bible. But when you read that genealogy, we often don't take that much notice of it. The thing I love about the genealogy is where it goes back to Adam. You know, this person, which was the son of this person, which was the son of Adam, which was the son of God.
1: Yeah, it's cool. Hey, it's cool. You, know,
0: you go back through all of these dead people, and suddenly there's somebody who is still alive. Mm. He was not, of course, Adam, the son of God, in the context that Jesus is the son of God. He was the son of God in the context of being created, mm. which makes him a son by creation, mm-hmm. um, which is very different from Jesus as the son of God. Okay. Yeah. We're going to talk about sharing Jesus, the we Son sure of God. Are. That's what our Bible study is all about today. Let's begin in Acts chapter 4, sharing the word. Acts chapter 4 and verse 20. And what is it that the disciples were sharing in the book of Acts? Okay, Acts chapter 4 and verse 20, please.
1: Acts 4 verse 20 says, For we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard.
0: Okay, so when it comes to sharing, the Word of God. It's a little bit like sharing good news.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: It's, a, it's a little bit like, you know, you get excited about something, you want to tell people about it. So I got pretty excited last night and spent way too much time <laughs> and stayed up way too late looking at family history. I turn up at work this morning. It's like, I'm going to tell everybody tell about, about it. This. this is going to be amazing uh, because I'm so just excited by it. Mm-hmm. And everybody can see that I'm excited by it and then you guys get all excited by it and Liam's over here and he's still filling in family <laughs> details. He's just, he's just just connecting dots left, right and centre because uh, he's, he's sort of reached one of those points where it's just auto-filled for him.
2: Mm.
0: And, uh, and so he's excited about it. You're excited. You're going to go home and call your grandmothers yeah, now. Yeah, <laughs> It's going to happen and we can hear all about it on uh, Monday or Tuesday next week. The Word of God is like that.
2: Mm.
0: When you're excited about something... You tell people what you have seen and heard mm-hmm. because you have seen and heard something that is just amazing. And if witnessing is a duty and witnessing is something that you kind of have to do because you're a Christian and so I need to be... then there is something wrong with your relationship, with your connection with God because you're not excited about it. Mm-hmm. If you're not excited about Jesus Christ then it's time to find some personal revival in your life.
1: Mm. I'm reading this book at the moment called uh, Sharing Jesus is Everything by Alejandro Buyon, I want to say. I don't know. He's probably like Portuguese or Spanish or something. Um, And something I had never thought about it like this, he talks about when we do devotions, he's like, yep, there's prayer, there's Bible study, and there's sharing Jesus. And I love that because I can be like, oh, yeah, I did devotions this morning, and that's prayer and Bible study. But it's like, okay, but who have you told about Jesus? And not, not as a checklist, because this is exactly what you're saying, right? This is about the relationship, that it's just a true and authentic thing. But also it's interesting to think about, okay, is this true and authentic or is this a checklist? Because I think sometimes, yeah, it's very hard to share Jesus if you're not truly spending time with Jesus. Like, and if
0: you're not passionate about it.
1: Mm-mm, absolutely.
0: Yes. Okay, so uh, the disciples here, um, as for us, we cannot help speaking about what we have seen and heard. Interesting quote in the uh, Bible study guide that we have, 20 Million Movement Bible study guide. No sooner does one come to Christ than there is born in his heart as desire to make, others, make known to others what a precious friend he's found in Jesus. The saving and sanctifying truth cannot be shut up in his heart. If we are clothed with the righteousness of Christ and are filled with the joy of his indwelling spirit, we shall not be able to hold our peace. Mm. It reminds me of a story in the Bible where Imma, the son of Pasha, or was it Pasha the son of Imma? I don't remember. One of those two uh, took Jeremiah and oh. beat him up, gave him a good hiding, um, and then locked him in the stocks, which was pretty miserable. You know, I mean you've just been like massively publicly bullied, beaten up, smashed around, locked in the stocks, you're getting, you know, probably refuse thrown at you from people who walk past and this is for speaking the word of God. Mm. And so Jeremiah's like, okay. He's like, Okay, that's it. I've had enough. I'm done. It's over. I am I'm not going to speak anymore in God's in God's name. It's it's over. And you can kind of, yeah, you can see where he's coming from. He's like, the people don't want to hear. They're not interested. Bad things happen to me every time I talk about the Word of God. So I'm just let them be. Let them, let them, let them, let these people die. You know, it's kind of where he's got to. And then he says, but, but the Word of God was as a fire in my bones. Mm. I was weary with forbearing and could not stay that's KJV which means that the effort to keep in the <laughs> word of God was just exhausting to him.
1: Yeah, more than the sharing.
0: And he was so excited about the word of God he just couldn't not share it. Mm-hmm,
2: mm-hmm.
0: It was it was exhausting to try and hold it in. He's like, "Okay, I give up. I'm just going to share it." so here he is in the stocks and he's black and blue and he's been smashed around and he's just back into it he's just back into sharing the word of God he's like this is easier
1: so alright here we go yep
0: you know there's a challenge right there how would you feel if you were beaten up and placed in the in the stocks or whatever it might be would that would you be able to stop talking about Jesus Christ what would it take to stop you from Mm. talking about Jesus Christ that's a question that is well worth each one of us asking ourselves yeah. uh, and help us to understand exactly where we are at with Jesus. You're listening to The Breakfast Joe Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. Okay, so we may not have had our clue for our quiz, so we're going to have a clue for a the quiz. We're going to do
1: that now. Who am I, clue number four. I sent Moabite princes to hire a prophet to curse Israel. They hired Balaam. So there's a whole lot more context Oh, for that's
0: way more context right yeah. there. Yes, indeed. Okay, so who was it that hired Balaam the prophet from Mesopotamia
2: mm-hmm. to, to come and Israel.
0: curse Israel? And Balaam comes and blesses Israel. And Balaam comes and Balaam gives a prophecy, one of the greatest and most sublime prophecies in the Bible, about Jesus Christ. And so Balaam becomes mm. one of the greatest messianic prophecies in the Bible. Now, here's an interesting twist. The word "magi" comes from Mesopotamia. That's not a Jewish word.
1: Ah, uh, yeah. Mm.
0: Okay, that's not a Hebrew word. It's not a Jewish word. It's, it's a Mesopotamian word.
1: So the people
0: and Balaam
1: uh-huh.
0: prophesied about the star rising out of Judah.
2: Okay. 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 Yep, watch yep, this. Watch yep. this. Watch
0: this. Watch this. And. When Israel first enters the promised land, it's the nation of Israel. Mm. But when Jesus is born, the nation of Israel is long gone. All that is left is the nation of Judah. Yes. And so when a star rises out of Judah, then you have Magi who follow the prophecy of Balaam to come and worship the Messiah. How did they know? Where did they get that information from? We know that Balaam went home at one stage and then came back to Moab. So he did a bit of travelling backwards and Mm. forwards. Did he leave a copy of his prophecy behind? And was it preserved for the next 1,400, 1,500 years, 1,600 years?
1: This is amazing. I did not know. I knew he had a prophecy. I didn't connect any of those dots. Oh,
0: some cool dots right there, some cool dots. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, the other thing that you've got to ask yourself is if you see a random star in the sky that you haven't seen before, are you going to go, oh, ah, my, obviously that means the Messiah is born? <laughs> You'd probably want some more corroborative information to go with that. Mm. And there was another prophecy that was given in Mesopotamia and written in Mesopotamia. But some years after, about eight, 900 years By after By who? Balaam, who
1: gave this prophecy? Daniel. Oh, yes. So he
0: was from Mesopotamia as well. Mm. And he was actually considered to be, uh, if you were Persian, he was considered to be Magi. Yes. Because he ruled in the Persian court under Darius the Mede.
2: Mm. Mm.
0: Okay, so he was (laughs) prime minister under Darius the Mede. Uh, He was in charge of the Magi. Maybe... They were able to put two prophecies together and triangulate them and go, okay, right star, right place, right time, because Daniel gives the time of the coming of the Messiah, yes, specific time. And then, if you had right star, right place, right time, then you'd say, you know what? Maybe it's time to do a trip to 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 Jerusalem and find out what's going on.
1: And my understanding, which could be a bit incorrect, I confess, I'm not as much of a historian as you, but is that that culture also um, were consistently, is it astronomy? Astrology. Astronomy. Astronomy. They, you know, they were watching the stars every night anyway.
0: Because of astrology.
1: Yes, yes.
0: So astrology is the religious side of astronomy. Mm, Yeah. So they were very keen observers of the night sky.
1: But I know, like even if I, I don't know stars at all, but if I consistently like go camping or like you do just see changes in things, you're just like, oh, okay, you know, that you to would be so onto it. If you if this was such a part of your religious practice that you're out there all the time, I actually do think if you see something very different and you have prophecies, you're like, oh, "We have to chase this star."
2: Yeah, that's we right. To, we have to go uh-huh, to see uh-huh, what this is about. Uh-huh.
1: You know, there's that excitement and curiosity and all the things which come together to be like, "We don't know, but we have just enough things to be like, okay, Boys?
0: Let's do some research. Yeah. Where did this star come from? Why did it just why appear? Is it why isn't that part of the sky? Why? Why? Mm. You know. And then you start. Oh, oh, okay. There's a prophecy here from Balaam.
1: Interesting.
2: Yeah. yeah. Uh,
0: maybe this is about something to do with Judah. Let's look at other uh, prophecies from Judah. Oh, well, here's one from Daniel. Wait a minute. That gives the time period in which we are in right now. That other ones. You know. You start to put things together. Start to join dots. Mm-hmm. And that would motivate you to go and because you've got to remember. That these magi are at the highest political level of you know the persian court that's that's yes. why they're magi, so these are you know really significant men, men of wealth, men of means, um, men who have accomplished a lot. They travel to Judah, which is a micro nation, and when they get there, they worship the son of A peasant family,
2: Mm.
0: right, who is living in abject poverty. And they don't just, you know, acknowledge him as king, but they worship him as God. Mm. Mm. They worship him. Yeah. You know, they're not just honoring the birth of a king, they are worshiping God who is sleeping in a manger.
1: Which is amazing because that means that for them, the message that they've had has to be overriding the experience of going, hold on, this is a kid of a poor family. Do you That's know right. what I mean? The, your experience is saying, this doesn't seem right, but all the other information they have says, no, 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 this is the one.
0: That's right. Mm. And then they put their money where their mouth is. Yes, yes. Because they give him fabulous wealth. Fully. You know, the gifts that you would give to a newborn son of royalty.
2: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: And, you know, that, of course, supports them during their time in Egypt uh, where, you know, they're, they're exiles in Egypt and, yeah. uh, and have to, um, yeah, flee to Egypt for that period of time. We are mm-hmm. way sidetracked. We well, are. Yeah, it was How great. Did, but when, if you know we... the
1: answer to the quiz. <laughs> oh,
0: it was the quiz that got us there. I'm like, what's this got to do with sharing the word? I, to me, it's like, okay, it's got lots to do with sharing the word. It is an amazing story.
1: It is. But, yes, if you know who this person was, who hired Balaam who gave this prophecy then give us a call on 1-800-324-843 or text us on 491 64 and we can move on with our Bible study Romans chapter 1
0: <laughs> Romans chapter 1 is where we're going to next Romans chapter 1 verse
1: 14 to 16 I am a debtor both to Greeks and to barbarians both to wise and to unwise so as much as in as is in me, I am ready to preach the gospel to you who are in Rome also, for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes, for the Jew first and also for the Greek.
0: Okay, so when we work down through this particular passage here, um, Paul says that he is a debtor, or is he obliged to both who and who, and then why?
1: Um, verse fourteen. Verse fourteen. Both of the Greeks and to the barbarians. So the. To everyone Yes, Greeks, barbarians Yeah, and the Jews
0: That's right and Which is interesting Because when he's writing the book of Romans There have been a whole bunch of barbarians Who have actually come to the faith mm. In fact, there is an entire book of the Bible That is written to barbarians Did you know that?
1: Is that Galatians?
0: That's Galatians Celts? Yes, yeah. the Celts Well done <laughs>
1: I think you told me that. Did I? <laughs> Years ago. And I was like, oh, interesting. It
0: is so interesting. Okay. Uh, then, that's, then he continues on. That's why I'm so eager to preach the gospel to those who are in Rome. So you know, he's been preaching all over the place and he has um, preached to barbarians. He's preached to Greeks and now he's preaching to Romans. Mm. And then he says something in verse 16. What does he say in verse 16?
1: That he's not ashamed of the gospel? Or that it's the power of God to salvation for everyone? Yes. I was like, I don't know where, what, what specifically you're asking, but... <laughs> uh,
0: both. Yeah, okay. Both of those are really cool. cool. Uh, I'm going to start with he's not ashamed of the gospel. Mm. So when you come to the fact that he is not ashamed of the gospel, you know, he's preaching in Rome. He's preaching to the uh, the people who rule the world.
1: I think there's so much in this, right? Because not ashamed of the gospel... Part of, a massive part of what he's preaching is Christ crucified and resurrected. That's right. And this cross, that was such a, such a shameful way to die to the Romans, right? That's right. So he's like, I'm not ashamed of this. The thing that you think is the most shameful, it's not. Let me tell you about it.
0: That's so interesting. I've never thought of it that way because the cross, the crucifixion, was kind of the Roman specialty. Yeah. They didn't invent it, but it was definitely their specialty. They're the ones who did it en masse. Nobody had run it, really done it en masse before the Romans came along, but they would literally do it en masse. And so this is something that is distinctly Roman and is reserved for the worst of the worst of the most heinous criminals that existed. mm and that was how Jesus was di- Jesus died, and he's like, yeah, I'm not ashamed of that.
1: That's right. That's Let right. me tell you
0: about somebody who was crucified and who was also the son of God. Let me tell you why they died that way. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. We have a couple more verses to get through here, three more verses to get through here. Vital principles about sharing the word of God. Okay, so Isaiah chapter 50 and verse 4, please, uh, Minnie.
1: The Lord God has given me the tongue of the learned. That I should know how to speak a word in season to him who is weary, he awakens me morning by morning; he awakens my ear to hear as the learned.
0: So here you've got a situation where Isaiah is a prophet of God. We don't know a whole lot about the level of education that he had, but we do know that a lot of the prophets were just, you know, typical, typically, uh, you know, um, farmers, artisans, mm. that kind of thing. That, you know, nothing of incredible levels of education. He has been given a job, and we know that his ministry extended around about 50 years.
1: That's pretty solid. Which is a
0: very, very, very long time
1: Mm.
0: uh, for a prophet, and that at the end of that he was executed.
2: Mm.
0: So he has lived longer, much longer than the average lifespan of that era. Mm. And he doesn't even die of natural causes. But he has a very, very long ministry, and of course that ministry is that God has called him to share the word of God. Now, if you were a simple farmer or a simple artisan or something like that of that particular era and God comes to you and says, I want you to share the word of God, you could feel a little intimidated. Absolutely. And Isaiah was intimidated. Mm. And you can you can read all about it in Isaiah chapter 6 where his, you know, an angel comes and touches his lips with fire. Mm. Puts that coal, anoints his lips with a coal of fire. And from that point forward, he is a a you know he, he doesn't hold back from sharing the word of god but here he gives the real secret to it okay so what has god done for him in verse 4 first part of verse 4 right there
1: he's given him the tongue of the learned so he's basically given him the ability to speak
0: absolutely mm. the tongue of the learned and so when you read the book of isaiah it is the story of a you know, it is, it is written in a very, very well put together way.
1: Absolutely, I I wouldn't know if you don't have the context of who he is that he isn't like intellectual and academic enough. Exactly, because you read it and it's it's simple, but it's very beautiful and poetic and and yeah, it's it's not Paul, but it's also not basic. You're just like, oh yeah, there's like there's some solid stuff in this. Okay,
0: so what's this? Mm. Go back and read Isaiah again.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Isaiah is broken into two halves. Okay. In the middle of Isaiah, because you've got all these prophecies, then in the middle of Isaiah you've got the story about Hezekiah and Sennacherib mm. and the Rabshakeh and all these guys, right? Oh. And then you've got the second half of Isaiah. Now, what's the difference? Go back and read it and watch the difference between the first half and the second half? Oh, okay. Because what you find is his poetic ability and his language... Just goes up ten notches in the second half.
1: Yeah. Oh, I love it. I love Isaiah.
0: And so, what you've got there is basically we are looking at Isaiah as he as he grows in Christ.
2: Yeah. We're
0: actually seeing we're actually seeing and recognizing his growth in Christ. And you know, they estimate that there might be you know a very significant time gap between the first half and the second half, the writing of the two halves of Isaiah, because there's such a distinct. Um, upgrade in the language that is used it's still distinctly Isaiah style yes so we know that it's the same author all the way through there's no nobody's questioning that but we can see this vast improvement like here is the life of somebody who has dedicated their life to serving God and they've started out and it's kind of simple and basic but look what God did with him
1: something I want to add on that is I know that I have seen a couple I mean not so much in writing but in public speaking and you've kind of seen a little bit of their journey with God. Because it's sometimes it's not obvious and sometimes it is. And I remember listening to one one of my brothers when I was a teenager. He'd kind of gone through his own personal revival experience. And he was up the front. I don't even remember now what he was talking about. But I remember him being like, this has to be God. I was never going to get up and speak to you guys. This is God's work in my life. And and I was kind of at a point, you know, I grew up in Seventh-day Adventist home, really wanted this relationship with God, but didn't. And it was interesting because I didn't I didn't live with my brothers, I lived with my mum. But I was watching him being like, yeah, this is very weird for you. Like you're not the front person. you And so it was just these small things, even that. And he just fully was like, this is God. This is God in my life. There was no way this would be me. And I just thought, yeah, it's just amazing the testimony that is revealed in people's lives.
0: That they live. Yeah. And you see.
1: Yeah. Yes. And then they, and they contribute it to God. That's like, mm, yeah, that's <laughs> I didn't put myself here.
0: It's a powerful testimony because, yeah, there's a, there's a number of famous sayings that people want to see Christians rather than hear them. Mm. Or, sorry, see them more than hear them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And as Christians, we're like, we kind of reverse that. It's like, we just want to, you know, tell everybody about <laughs> Jesus, and everybody's like, no, we want to see him instead. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we need to do both. Ecclesiast- Ecclesiastes chapter three and verse one. There's probably, in, yeah, anyway. Okay, let's read verse 1. <laughs>
2: okay. This is going
0: to give my previous statement a little bit of context.
1: Okay. To everything there is a season, a time for every purpose under heaven.
0: Okay, so is there a time for preaching Christ by living your life? Absolutely. And people seeing a mm-hmm. Christian. Is there a time for preaching Christ by preaching the word? Yes. Yes. There is time for both, and I think that we need to keep it in context uh, because both of those are incredibly important when it comes to and sharing the Word.
1: It's that balance too, isn't it? Because they are both important.
0: And we need to understand that balance. We need to be able to understand when to speak and when to not speak. Mm. And we also need to understand you know, when to not be judgmental on others because we think that they're doing the wrong thing or we don't like the way they're doing it because maybe God has called them to... A ministry that we know nothing about,
1: yes, and also I had a huge
0: rebuke many many years ago. A friend of mine came to the Lord, super excited about it, couldn't stop talking about it. It's like I'm gonna go and do street preaching right in the middle of Newtown. <laughs> Goes to Newtown, does street preaching. I'm thinking, oh, this is embarrassing, this is making Christians look you know, kind of, and it's not gonna win anyone. You can't win anybody just by being strange, and somebody <laughs> gives being their life strange. to go. <laughs> Somebody gives their life to God right there wow, on the street.
1: Oh, man. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah.
0: Uh, and, and and had a powerful testimony to share. And I kind of lost track with a guy in recent years, but um, yeah, she had a power te- powerful testimony for many, many years. Just came straight from atheism. And uh, a couple of weeks later, he's in church. A couple of weeks later, he's, um, he's sharing testimony in church.
1: Amazing. Amazing. And you're right. And I think that the. It is all important for us, us For us to share Jesus is important. But the way that that is going to happen, I think sometimes is personal conviction because there are some people who are naturally more confident to go and preach. And then the person who isn't, there are times that God will be like, hey, I need to grow you in this. Like I'll convict you in this. Maybe this person doesn't have that conviction. That's that's not your business. Your conviction is this, so ne- you need to go do that. And vice versa. Does that make sense?
0: does. Mm. Absolutely. All right. Second Timothy chapter four and verse two, what is that we are called to do? The Bible says, "Preach the word, be prepared in season and out of season. Correct rebuke, exhort with all long-suffering and careful instruction. Mm. So that's Second Timothy four and verse two. That is what we are called to do as Christians. Take the word and to be ready to preach it, to be instant in season and out of season, always ready to go. Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM.